going live from Microsoft NYC. Powered by Corktastic. And sponsored by Ultimate Wireless LLC. It's Play One Crimson. It's your boy, Sword of Us Kid, Player Two. Player Three, Izzy Seiko. And we're LAN Party. So today be a special episode. We usually don't touch these kind of topics, to be quite honest. This is um very new for us also. Um, first off, our condolences. Thank you, man. Our condolences. I know um he was a very good friend of yours. I remember when I actually remembered when you guys were Oh, you were at the party? Yeah, I was there. Oh shit. I was up there. Yeah, yeah, niggas cannot dance for shit. Nah, we were all fucked up. That's Yo. Right. Um Fried Solstice? Yeah. Fried Solstice last year, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. What? I, still, I remember. That that he almost killed me that night by accident, you know that. Really? On yeah. the dance floor? No, alcohol poisoning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the dance floor sounded more plausible, actually. Nah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he spilled his drink on me like five times. Yeah, he yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. It'd be like Jamaican music. He's doing like the fucking yeah, like, o- chicken noodle o- soup. O- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that nigga was a whole noodle. Yeah, like it, it, you know, honestly, because like biggest shit. He's like what six two, six three, he's six six, six six, uh, bro. He's six six. Couldn't tell. Minus the flat top. Who? You, you know, like, on Fortnite, when they just do that, like, that fucking snake-looking dance? That was him on the dance floor, just all slinky and shit. Like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, that's Etika. And I'm like, who? And that was just, like, the that's how the ball started rolling. And then from there, it's like, I'm hearing Joy-Con boys. I was like, his group? Yeah, that was what he called his fans and subscribers. The Joy-Con boys. Okay, okay. And, like, what was his slogan? No fuck niggas? No, what is it? No bitch niggas. Oh, no, no bitch niggas. niggas. No, yeah, no bitch niggas. It was a whole thing, and I can't. I honestly, I wasn't. I never watched his streams or his videos. Mm-hmm. So like, seeing all of the fans and everything they had to say, and like the little clips from his streams, I they're all new to me. Like really? even though we were friends, like all those moments that people are holding really dear and like retweeting, seeing them is kind of like oh shit, and it's kind it's it it makes you miss him more, but it also is just like. At least my nigga is kind of immortalized in this way mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, I'll never get a chance to talk to him again. But every time I see a new clip, it's like a new memory that I have of him. Mm-hmm. So it's lit. It's lit in that way. It's sad, but it's cool at the same time. You know, when you when you search this man up on YouTube, you get a lot of like compilation clips. Yeah. More so than his best, own actual content. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But the best of Etika and Etika mm-hmm. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us more about like. Your interaction with Etika? Um a lot of alcohol. A Jesus. lot of a lot of henny. That Jesus. is Yeah. A lot of henny. That was his yeah. favorite shit, bro. A lot of henny. I mean, he was from New York. Yeah, and that nigga was <laughs> he got henny on the hat. He got henny on the hat. Um, but like legit, I met him through his ex, because I knew his, I knew his ex's ex. And that's why I met Christine or Alice. Okay. And she introduced me to him. Um, and this is at the time where the flat top wasn't so sharp. He kind of like, if you watch his old videos, he has his like, his hair is like sticking out in a weird way, and it's like frizzy in the mm-hmm. middle. Um, so I was like, Christine, I was like, what's wrong with your boyfriend's hair? I'm like, why that nigga look like that? And she's like, no, 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 it's cool. I'm like, you sure? Like he oh, good. Mercy. I was like, oh no. <laughs> but then um, we had, I don't even remember. I think it may have been a soccer Montessori after party. It was some random shit that we were at. And I ran into Christine, and Des was also there. And he had, like, 10 niggas surrounding him. 
And I'm like, what this? And you can't miss him, obviously, because everyone else is a normal fucking height. And he's like huge. And he's just like, yo, friend. And I'm like, this nigga remember from meeting me one time. And that's the kind of energy he had. If he met you once, he would remember your name. He would remember like everything you told him. And he would this be like, true. like checking up on you. Like, yo, like, how's that going? How's it going? Like, this nigga remembers? So he's like, yo, friend. And I'm like, oh, it's a flat top nigga. He said, you want a shot? I'm not going to turn down free liquor. So I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this nigga, I don't know what it was, but it tasted like rubbing alcohol. D- and I drank it one time and I just stared at him like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What did you just give me? And then I burped and it came up again and it was even worse. But he was like, yeah, you ready to get fucked up? And I'm like, sir, sir. What shot of God? <laughs> and, and literally that night he sent me a friend request on Facebook. And he was like, the next thing he wrote to me was, yo friend, where the party at? And that's like... Every every time there was a party, I would send him the link. He'd be like, "Yo, link me, link me." And the first the first thing he would say is like, "Yo, we out." And then he say, "I got the telly." And he would get the hotel, and he would legit, he wouldn't care about money. He would just get the nicest hotel for all of his friends, and like buy liquor. By the time you get there, there's already bottles open, cups, snacks, and he wanted to get everybody fucked up before we got to the party. So that like it it was just fun. Like since that moment meeting him, it was just nonstop fun. Like we had our little crew. And we would go to cons, we would go to like after parties and all kinds of shit. So whenever I think of him, it was always happy times. You know, like it was always good shit. You sound like you know, a non-stop party. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do it. Nah. Mm-mm. At this age now? Hell no. He was you would have done it though because he had that kind of energy and that's how I almost died. Listen, I, I, but this dude was like six six, two hundred pounds. Like that liquor ain't go through him. Like <laughs> go yeah, through he us. Used to, he used to get sauce and because like our like listen, my first encounter with Etika wasn't like it was like years ago. Mm. Like he used to come to like when I used to cut in high school, he came to flushing. Now he used to be out there flushing also. I bumped into one time, and it's like just one time. He he ain't have the high top. He had a little <laughs> little fucking oh, with, fr- with yeah. little Caesar. Yeah, and beyond, yo, I met him one time, just years ago. And say, yo, you look familiar. You look familiar. We, we just like talking about Smash, and it's like, hey, this guy's weird. <laughs> this guy's fucking weird. Now I'm, I'm that's my memory. He's weird. I don't have no like. That's what's good about him though, because he's weird. Like if you go back. Like, I know they memorialized his Facebook. And if you go through his Facebook and you go all the way back to, like, 2010, Tigger was a nerd. Oh, yeah. He was a big, tall, lanky nerd. And it's like he he was just like <laughs> was us. Like, we, I think, like, like, everybody got their glow up. Of course, that nigga did too. Frolic as fuck. But, like, it's so cool to see somebody who was just like you turn out and do some crazy shit. Really make a difference in a whole community. Up. He was just like, he was just like his fans. Like, I think his fans really empathize with that because it's just like the outcast. Like, he even said, I feel like in his, in his last words that he was like different. Mm-hmm. He was always kind of the odd one out and he used that. He used that his van built this platform and this group, Joy-Con Boys, and he made them, he made them a family. And it really was a family. And I'll be real, like when Des was still around, I, I did not like it. Like, I thought it was cringy. What is this shit like? Hashtag Joy-Con boys, Joy-Con boys. This is annoying. But like going to the memorial and seeing those niggas, bro, they cry for him, dude. Like, like I had niggas who never met Dez cry as hard as I did because they really felt like they knew him from from his streams, from his videos. And like 
he really touched a lot of people. Like that weird nigga grew up and really like changed a lot of people's lives. Like I opened my inbox to a lot of the fans who were really upset days after. And I had people tell me that does stop them from committing suicide themselves. And it it, it blew mine instantly because I was like, this fucking nigga. You want to stop other people from doing shit and then you're going to fucking do it yourself? Like, come on, nigga. So I was angry, but then it's like, you know, even though he's gone, those people still have that. Like, it's like a little piece of him because they're still living and they're still good. So I, I, I reached out and I, I told all of them, I said, if you ever need somebody to talk to, I'm here for you. But it's like that, that nigga's reach went so much further than I think he knows that he'll ever know. Yeah. Um, IGN posted him. BET posted him. He was on every acronym. I always say that, like, CNN, BBC, fucking every acronym. That nigga was everywhere. And it was frustrating as shit, but I read every single article. And there's a lot of really... The one the one on Wired.com article. Like, the gaze, gaze of Etika. What does the, the gaze of Etika tell you? Or something? I can't remember the, the exact title, but it was really, really intense. And the person who wrote it did a great job because it wasn't about you know, oh, a person found dead and this and that, and they were a streamer. It was like they analyzed the picture that the media used while Des was missing. And it was like, everyone's like, why did they use this picture? But this person was like, you know, what is behind this face? Like, what what was this person thinking? And they were like, this is a gaze of vulnerability, but someone trying to be strong. And they, they like psychoanalyzed this fucking selfie. And I'm just sitting, I was heading to Jersey. I'm just sitting there crying on the bus like, oh my God. They did like some of the articles are brazy, really, really, really good. So, with him being gone, there's like this, this vast vacuum of like emptiness. Like, mm. What is a good coping mechanism? What is a good coping mechanism that you feel as if people should like? How how would you suggest people should go about coping about this? Um, that's a good question. I think I don't, I know a lot of people aren't in New York and aren't strong enough to go to the bridge if, if they are, but I feel like if you live in New York, you should take a day and just think. Um, and then if you are, I would stress that if you're mentally sound and you feel like you're in a good place, you should go to the memorial because the first time I went to the memorial, I was hysterical. The second time I went, I was slightly less hysterical. And then the third time was Friday and it was during the like the I guess the fan fan plan memorial that was on Reddit. And it was maybe like 50, 60 people there. And at first I sat down and I cried and I was silent and I didn't talk. But, you know, I was with a friend who also knew him and we were just chatting back and forth about like our experiences with him. And I think one of like the, the Joy-Con boys, they're like, oh, like you knew him? And I'm like, yeah. And they looked at me so sincerely and they were like, can you tell us how he was? Like, can you tell us stories? And I'm just like, I I didn't know what to say, but I was like, yeah. And I just started telling all these happy ass stories like about how that nigga gave me alcohol poisoning and I couldn't find my way home. And like, you know, we had this thing that whenever we would with Des, he would say one more for the road um, because we would be in the hotel room and he would just make us take shots. And then he'd be like, yo, one more for the road, one more for the road. And then like, we would take the shot and we'd be fucked up. And then we would just start talking about something else. And then we're like, no, nah, we really gotta go. And he's like, all right, one more for the road. And I'm like, nah, like you already said that, chill. 
and it would happen like five times. And because of that, by the time we even left the door, I'm like seeing four, four different deses in my face. Like, oh shit, I'm gone. So I was just telling them about like the good shit and like the things that, that we were blessed to have experienced with him. And everybody was like crying and so sad, but through, through sharing the good, like a lot of people felt better. And like, I think that the one thing that Des taught me is about friendship and about how he brought people together. Because even in his death, people are still finding each other. Like there are discord servers, like in his memory, there are like memorial, I guess, Reddit threads and people are still, you know, you would think that once someone passes away that their fan base would dissolve, but it seems like they're closer than ever. And I, I don't do Reddit, but I even made a Reddit account just so that I could get in on it. Cause I'm like, I need somebody to talk to and who better to talk about, talk, talk to about does than the people who loved him so much from the internet. I feel like friendship and just going out. If you, if you don't live here, you can't get to the memorial to talk to people, go online, go on the Reddit, go, um, go on the discord servers just look on the hashtag and just chat with people like obviously mute and block the negative people but just there's there's so many there's thousands of people out there who feel the same way you feel um and they all need people to talk to as well so i feel like you know you can reach out to me on instagram or twitter or whatever or just just pick somebody because you know i have tons of people to talk to about this but there are people out there who don't you know like des was really their everything like well etico was their everything and they would come home from school and they would watch him and they would watch reruns and they would wait for the stream and they would talk to him on Twitter. Like, you know, there's there's people hurting. So I feel like connecting with those people can make you feel better. I think that the Internet is an interesting place and the ability to be anonymous and say whatever the fuck you want is such a power trip to some people that they are just they're just saying things that like. They wouldn't dare say ever in real life. And I think when you log on to any account that you have, you should acknowledge that. Like people will literally just think of mean things to say because they can and they want a reaction and they themselves need some sort of attention. Like when Des passed, I saw so many K-pop accounts like these and they were just made. That's how I knew it was like bullshit because they were just made in June. And they're like, oh, if Etika had stand Luna, then maybe he wouldn't have died. And like it was... And I'm like, what? Why would you get on social media to say that? Like, that's your one tweet. And I'm looking for other tweets or media, and it's that. Like, somebody legit made an account to tweet that. And people were like arguing with them, this and that. And I'm like, dude, like, just don't don't give it attention. Because if you give it attention, they feel like they've achieved their goal. You're giving them what they wanted. Because the people who are making the memes and being malicious, once you give them the attention, they feed off of it and they're like, oh yeah, triggered. Like I got them. But if they make like a fucked up meme and it just sits there and nobody comments and nobody likes it, it's kind of like, oh, you know, and they're going to delete it and be like, well, shit, maybe I'm not as funny as I thought I was. So you just have to have a grain of salt when you log on. I can't. I can't because that meme shit, I think fucking wild. I think people are rude. I think people are mean. I think people need their teeth kicked in. Again, I'm I was never close to Etika. I I I could even consider him as a friend, to be quite honest. Barely knew him. Met him in passing. I would like at least two conversations be the most. Mm. And I can tell you that 
I don't think anyone deserves that kind of treatment whatsoever. I've seen, like, I've seen, like, two, right? Mm. And the two, three means I've seen were, like, yo. Mm-hmm. Yo, like, his, his, yeah, the audacity. His fan base is also super young, and I had to kind of keep that in mind. Is that what they, it is? Yeah. So, like, even at the memorial, it kind of hit me because it, they were, like, children, like, 12-year-old kids coming with their parents. So his fan base was very young. And I think someone had told me that he did a stream and there was like some analytic that lets you see the like average age of your viewer and it was like 14. And he freaked out and he was like, damn, nigga, what the fuck? Um, but his fan base is a very young fan base. And there are people who have been watching him since they were like 10. You know, like, so I think, I think a lot of it comes from like a place of like misunderstanding. Like they don't know how else to cope. And he was so funny and he had he had a very morbid sense of humor. Like he would make jokes about shit that that you shouldn't make jokes about. So I think that they took that and they're like, you know, because he he said in his last words, like, I know, like, I know y'all are going to make some juicy ass memes about me and whatnot. So like they I think that that's the way that they're coping. You know, like I saw a lot of people saying like Des would have loved this. Like, I think that this meme is funny and I think he would have loved this meme. I mean, like, we'll never know. But I think that. Like, I, I block when I see them, but I think that that's their way of, of dealing, you know? Okay, so in a weird way, maybe some of these inappropriate memes or things that he himself would have found funny, and that's how, like, they're kind of cool. Yeah, that's how they're justifying it, and that's how they're thinking. And I think in in certain cases that they are that that's appropriate for them them in their mind that they think mm-hmm. they're doing the right thing but i think there are a lot of people who are doing it to be assholes mm-hmm. and like you can't really you can't really differentiate between it um so like you got to just got to just leave it alone that's strong you're strong uh i don't know about that nah i've seen you on twitter these past couple of days I seen you. I seen you refrain from like cursing someone out. You said you're a dick, and I was about to say something, but I deleted it all, and I blocked you. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Cause it it's like at the beginning, like when I found out, I basically just like rolled over in my bed and I opened my phone to look, and I I like silent cried, but then I was like I called I called Fiona and we talked, and I was like you know like this is fucked. I was like, don't write anything on Twitter. And I don't know what I was thinking because as soon as I hung up with her, I wrote something on Twitter. And then I checked her page and she had wrote something on Twitter too. So I'm like, we all mad as shit right now. Like, I know we all mad as fuck. And I wrote, you know, I let the emotions get the best of me. And I I was angry because it was not just a month ago that all of these people were posting clown emojis and, you know, saying, oh, you're going to kill yourself? Fucking do it then. Or like you're a clown and you're you're this and you're that and now everyone is got this like e overlay on their their avatar and everyone's rest in peace desmond rest in peace etika so i was tight and i was like y'all are the reason that this shit happened it's your fault and i hate you and i legit wrote i hate y'all and i i wrote like this five it's this five tweet uh thing and you know it got a little bit of traction and a lot of people were like thank you for saying what i was thinking and this and that but then i realized that like so 750 characters it was a lot 
it was thick. It was a thick tweet. Um, and I just realized that like, that's not what he would have wanted. You know, like he was the most forgiving kind person. And I feel like he was so hurt by what was going on with him and whatever he was going through. Like I'm not in his head, so I don't really know, you know, but I can get a good gist of what it was about. Um, but I think that he would have forgiven those people. Like he wouldn't want, he wouldn't want someone to feel bad once they're sorry. You know, he was very, he was very kind and he was very loving. And I think that he would have understood the circumstance. And once people, once people realize, as long as they, they never forget, you know, the effect that, that, that their words can have on someone, I don't think that they, that Des would have wanted people to feel like shit forever. Mm -hmm. You know, so I just kind of, at the beginning, you know, I was like, I was seeing people were retweeting people's tweets to Des, like, if they saw someone call him a clown, they would have retweeted it and been like, how do you feel now? And I was commenting like, yeah, how you feel? Because I, I wanted to fight. I was mad. And then like, that was the first two days. And then after that, I was just kind of like, this is not, this is not helping. I feel worse. Like I feel 100% worse. Um, and I know that there were people hurting more than me. Like there were people who were closer with Desi. I wasn't truly even that close with him, bro. Like we... We hung out a lot last year, but there was a lot of times where we just kind of missed each other, you know? So I was like, I can't, I can't let this shit really like affect the way I interact with people. Like what Des would have wanted is for people to go out and, and love each other because that's what he did. And I, at the memorial, I was telling people, this nigga loved everybody. You could be the weirdest fucking person ever. Just truly strange niggas were showing up at that memorial. And I was just like, then I'm like, nah, we're all here for the same reason, bro. And you got to just embrace him. Like, because that's what he would have done. If if he was in a room of crowded people and he saw you standing in the corner, you were going to be the person that he went to talk to. Be like, yo, like, why are you standing in the corner? You want a shot? Come party. Come chill. Come drink. So, like, me sitting there attacking people in his honor and defending him is, you know, it's not, it's not what he would have wanted. So I was like, I need to fucking chill. And I've been telling people that on Twitter. Like, I know you're angry. I know you're mad. I know you want somebody to blame, but you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna, blaming someone's not gonna bring him back, you know, but all you can do is try to, try to live your life the way you see fit and in the best way possible because that's what that nigga really would have wanted. If you wanna honor his memory and you're so mad about him passing the way he did, then you need to remember the last things that he said in that video. You need to internalize them and really move. You need to move the way that nigga would have wanted you to move. Right, let's 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 talk about the fans for a bit because mm. he had a lot of fans a lot of people miss him like you said a lot of them have the the e overlay but yeah. previously a lot of people are also like oh you're faking it this ain't real you're just doing it for the cloud you just want the follows and obviously that probably played some part mm -hmm. in the situation that unfolded i think it played a big part yeah it was a lot of people coming at him saying he's fake you know Whenever he took hiatus, a lot of people were angry. They wanted content and all that. So, like, you yourself have a pretty big platform, 22.4K mm -hmm. on Instagram, right? Memorize my numbers. Did you just no, pull I, that up? Did I just looked at it, like, three and minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, like 22.4K on Instagram, right? Mm. So, having a, a platform as big as you have, how do you cope with, like, the fans 
asking for more when like you just want to chill or people coming at you in a certain way for doing something that they don't like even though you yourself might like it but they're like we don't want this Mm. we want what you usually do or why are you mm. taking so long to post? Or why haven't you posted? Why didn't you answer my DMs? <laughs> Shit like that, you know? DMs. Um, especially, and I think it's been more evident, especially this month. Um, like, it's been hard coping with, with, with shit like that. Because after he went missing, of course, I wasn't posting anything. But before that, about a week before, I was on my own hiatus. Because I had just finished doing QuirtCon. And then right after QuirtCon, I I believe I, I went right to E3. And then literally the, I got home from E3 on Friday. And then the next day I had Brooklyn Comic Con. So I did cons back to back to back and I was fucking exhausted. And I was like, I need a break. I need me time. And I when I tell you when I took this break, I was so overwhelmingly guilty. Because I had however many patrons and I had however many people supporting me. And I felt like I was letting people down because I was taking a break for my own health. And I think that just even having 22.4K and that being the feeling that I felt, I feel like a lot of influencers who have 50K, 60K, 100K, 200K, more more and more, they feel that pressure and it's even heavier on their shoulders. So like, I think it's something that needs to be talked about. I think that People need to know when it's time for them to step back and kind of just go black on social media for a little while and take care of their own selves. Because like I was so worried about, you know, losing patrons and losing money because it's my full time job. And I don't want to, you know, take a break and say because I always notify people and I'll make a little post and say, hey, guys, I'm taking a break and I want to just have some me time and spend time with my friends. And, you know, they'll see it, but it's not going to stop them from feeling entitled to my time you know people will still be like hey missing your posts and i'm like cool i'm missing my life is that okay i'm a person like why so spicy because these (laughs) niggas get me mad sometimes she's from brooklyn that's why they just really do too much sometimes and then when des went missing i was like fuck social media Mm -hmm. like i was like i'm not Like, I was literally only on there to check the hashtag to see if they had found something. And I tell you, I have lost, since since that happened, I think I've lost maybe 20 patrons. And I'm happy because I don't need those people's support. If you decide that you don't want to support someone anymore because they're grieving and they're in pain and they're being human, just as you would if something like this happened to you, then I don't want your support. And I feel like it's fucked up because I'm in a position where I can say that and I can say, you know what? I'm going to take my time and I'm not going to do this post. But there are a lot of struggling creators who love what they do and they took the time to you know do this full time. And like, this is really like how they pay their rent. And like, imagine, imagine if this was like, if I was really strapped for bread and like my boy was missing and I had to like pick myself up and like put on a cosplay and put on makeup and smile and be sexy in front of a camera with my head. I'm just in turmoil. And that's a, a lot of the time. That's what creators have to go through. Like they'll be going through their own shit and they gotta, they still gotta be good. They're not allowed to, you know, tweet like, Oh, I'm sad. Or, you know, because then when you say you're sad and you're like, I'm a lewd cosplayer, you say you're sad and you get like 40 niggas in your inbox. Like, don't be sad, girl. I'm here for you. It's like, nigga, get it. E. 
Like, I just want to be sad. Can I just not be sad? I can imagine it, like, got you. I got, <laughs> I got you, boo. Just accept my request. I'm going to make you happy. Like, Love me. It, that ass, though. And it, as do you appreciate it. But it's just like, I don't want to be on the internet and sad. I want to be in my room sad. I want to go outside and have sunlight. I want to, you know, drink water and be hydrated. Like, nigga, I'm trying to wash my hair and make my bed and do little things that I've been mm-hmm. neglecting because I'm so fucking depressed, you know? And I think, co- like, the best way to cope with shit like that is to just log off. And I know it's so, it's literally so fucking hard when you're a creator to just log off because we're so worried about, like, I don't post today on Instagram, my algorithm is going to be fucked. Oh, they going to love me like they do? Yeah, like they're never going to see this photo. Or if, you know, I don't do a share for share today, then so-and-so is going to be mad at me and they're not going to share me next time and that's going to affect my platform. Or like, just, it's crazy. It's crazy how like we have these daily things that we need to do to stay relevant in a community. But then like at the end of the day, if we have this, this, if we have a breakdown and we fall apart, like the same niggas that we wasted our lives trying to entertain, them niggas just don't give a fuck. You know, there's and once there's, I turn on you, yeah, yeah. There's always another entertainer that's gonna replace you. There's oh, no matter what you do for your fans or how much your fans love you, if you don't take care of yourself and something happens to you, I promise you, not all of them, but quite a few of them will find someone else to support. So you would have to put yourself first. Like you are your, your social media is your job, but you are, you are the product. So if you're fucked up and you, you're not taking care of yourself, you, how can you market yourself? You know, like, how can you be healthy enough to market yourself? And really, you know, people, people don't understand that when you do Patreon and shit like that, you're like, you're a whole business in one person. You know, you do some, some, some girls do their own photography. I'm blessed enough to have my, my photographer. They do their own photography. They make their own costumes. You know, they promote themselves. They do their own marketing. And it, they deliver the product by hand. Like, they'll go email people. They'll design their own graphics. And then some of us are really managing, like, five different social media accounts by ourselves. And small, yes, five, nigga. It's a lot. And it's, like, companies that are small businesses have all of those tasks, and they have staff. Cosplayers don't have fucking staff. Influencers don't have staff. YouTubers don't have staff. Like, niggas really be one-man armies, and they just, like... You just be driving the boat by yourself? The whole boat, nigga. The whole boat. And I, I think that, like, you know, a lot of people will, you know, look at influencers. Like, I saw a girl, she... I got into an argument with this girl on Twitter on a post about Des, and she... I think it was Hungrybox. He's, a, I think, a Melee player. And he tweeted, like... We need to talk about influencer mental health. And boy, when I tell you people were mad, they were like, how about we talk about mental health, period? And I'm like, okay, but influencer mental health Mm -hmm. specifically is something that needs to be spoken about. And they were like, why? I'm like, because it's different than regular mental health. Because, you know, like you, you, like I said, are a one-man army and you're doing all these things by yourself. And God forbid you get tired your livelihood is at stake and people responded with like yo when you work retail it's the same thing and you know et cetera, et cetera. and we don't get free stuff and i'm like yeah does got a lot of free stuff but it's sitting in his apartment and he's never gonna be in it again you feel yeah. me do you like, think uh the disconnect is because when you're a social media influencer like most of the time you try to keep your personal life separate 
and your social media life separate. So all they see from you is the content that you put out. So like I know some influencers like on YouTube, they would put up videos of like their everyday life, like mm. hanging out with their parents Logs or their shit. dog. Like there was a point where Markiplier, YouTuber, plays games, right? He took a break, told his fans he was taking a break, went to Korea with his family, took a video with his family in Korea. Or when his dog died, he had a video telling people like, yo, listen, my dog died. I'm going to be out for a minute. Thank you and all that. And I seem to notice like when they do that, people care more about their well-being and don't get as mad when they post less because they see more of their lives and they have more of like an emotional connection to said person that they're looking at. But without that, they're just like, uh, I'm paying you for a service. I want my service. That's it. I don't care. But to piggyback what you're saying, right? Do you feel like the age demographic of the fan base counts also? That matters too, because a 14 year old don't give a damn. They don't give a shit <laughs> about your personal life. It's like just play Fortnite. Yeah. Or like just just send me the pictures. Three, like, you you know, three sixty like horoscope, bitch. Like they uh, don't give a fuck. The thing is. With Mark, he's been doing YouTube for a long time. Yeah, and I like think he's five, got, six it, years. got it down to like a science. You mm-hmm. know, like he knows his fans and he knows that that works for him. But in the same breath, personally, I don't have to tell these niggas shit about my life. You know, I and I and I said in my tweet about Des when when they found his body, when you donate to a content creator People are not companies. You cannot buy stock in mm-hmm. somebody's life. Just because you donate $5, $10, $100, even $1,000 if you do, that person does not owe you anything. You're doing it because you want to support them and you enjoy their content. And I think a lot of the time, even with my, with my shit, people will donate to me and then they'll be like, how was your day? And I'm like, it's good. And they're like, want to hang out? And then I'm like, no, I don't. And it's like, you can't pay to be my friend. And it's hard because people will genuinely feel that because they're giving you money, you are required to now answer them when they message you. You're required to interact with them. And it's, that's not the case. You know, like, this is our job. And the thing that's fucked up about being an influencer is that when you work a retail job, you can clock out. And when you clock out, you get to go home and you get to sleep and you get to beat your meat and play games and <laughs> chill. But like, really, nigga, my job never ends. The first thing I do when I wake up in the morning before I even get up, take a piss or drink some water is check my phone. I grab my phone and I check Twitter. I check Instagram. I check Facebook. I check my Patreon. I check my Snapchat and I check my business email. There's six apps that I have to open before I even get out of bed. And it never ends. I could be out at a party. I could. I was in Jamaica meeting my father for the first time, and I had to do Snapchat shows, and I had to, you know, be on Patreon, and I had to, you know, reply back to people and and tweet people. And it's all like, you know, you don't you don't get a break. Like there's no clocking out. There's really just no clocking out. Like you're always thinking of your next thing or. Um, working on a costume or networking like interactions don't even feel genuine anymore you know people people will say hi and you're like are you talking to me because you want to be my friend are you talking to me because who you think I am and like you want something from me and then it's just so convoluted it's it's fucked up 
It really is. And I think that there needs to be more resources for that or like some kind of moderation or something. I, I don't know what would make it better, but I feel that it's something that really needs to be talked about. Yeah, I think y'all need your fucking weekend CSOs, the fuck? Take weekends off. Yeah. Five day work week. Yeah. Take the weekend off. Leave me alone. Uh huh. Get one person on staff as like a fucking intern. Like, yo, listen, from this time to this time, when I'm clocked out, you you handle all the emails. I'm not even trying to do that. Because it sounds like it takes a toll on you on a mental, spiritual, and emotional level. It absolutely does. Because you, do you hear what you said to me? You said that you check six apps before you you go take a piss? Absolutely. Nigga, what? Yeah, I'm going pee. Y'all niggas is stripping. Don't get me wrong. Like, Land Party is, it's not as time consuming. And it's that, not. And, and that retrospect, and we have to, like, shit has to get edited. And it's not even like that time consuming. So I can only imagine what the fuck you're going through. And there's times that I'll be, I, I call him, I don't fuck <laughs> and, and it's like, he don't even got to call me. I could feel it in the air. Like, I could feel his frustration in the air. So it's like, Yan. <sighs> Something has to give and something has to change. Right? And it sucks that his death, like, it has to be an eye-opener to people. To, like, yo, back the fuck off. One of the biggest things in his video was on some more, like, yo, like, I'll let y'all down. And it's like, the walls are closing in. And, and he said it, and it scared me, and it shook me to my core. Right? Because it shook me to my core because... What we're trying to achieve on our own personal platform is what you're trying to stay away from. It. Like, it's what you really don't want to be around. It. And OK, so like the day after he passed, I didn't remember what bridge it was. I thought it was Brooklyn Bridge. So I walked the Brooklyn Bridge and I saw and I, I'm happy I did because I saw this quote written in Sharpie on the bridge. And it said, remember when you dreamed of being where you are now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's Ooh. so relevant. And, so, and I saw it and I ugly cried. And I ugly cried on the wrong fucking bridge. Jesus. And you know, it really be like that sometimes. <laughs> but like, I was really happy that I fucked up like that because I found that quote. And it was my wallpaper until I found really nice fan art of Des. But it's just like people. And I feel like we get animosity from not only fans, but other creators. Because I've had people come to me and they'll joke around and be like, oh, you famous. And I'm like. Nigga, no, I'm not. Because if I stop to check my bank account before I make a purchase, I'm not famous. You feel me? Like, I don't have money like that. I'm not famous. And people, you know, other creators will be like, oh, but like, you have all of these fans and you have all of this support. I'm so jealous. Why? You get to sleep. Like, you get to chill. Like, if you just don't want to post, you just don't post. If right, you don't want to go to a con, you just don't go. Nah, Lampo, you don't post a land party, play a tooth on your back. <laughs> <laughs> he looking at looking at you like you're crazy. He's like, so y'all not gonna post on? I'm a bitch. It's like, I'm sorry. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, but, I'm sorry. But I think that quote is like you always want more, and it's human nature to always want more. Like you could say, like, I remember when I first started cosplay, I had but two thousand followers, and I I was like, yo, I just want to get to like 5K. I'll be good with 5K. And then I got to 5K and I'm like, this shit is ass. I want 10K. And then I got to 10K and I'm like, I'm going to get to 50K by the end of this year. And it's like it never ends. It never stops. Like you, It's an addiction. And a lot of people say social media is an addiction because you begin to value yourself based on 
what the numbers say. Mm -hmm. And you know, like there's this unrealistic standard of beauty. Like I edit my photos and I know a lot of people look at my photos and think, oh wow, I want to look like this girl. And I'm very transparent about editing my photos because I don't want people to look at, you know, this is a job, this is a business. This is something that, you know, a package deal. And I don't want people to think that what I'm selling online is my real life because my real life is nowhere near as glamorous as people think it is. A lot of people are like, wow, you went to three cons in one month. And I'm like, sis, my feet hurt. And like, having shit in three days like oh, my life fiber pills not like it really like sometimes you just don't even get to fucking eat bro at quirk i literally existed all fucking cold brew coffees and like oh, them little disgusting. chicken burgers from across the street like ah, i couldn't you should have told us we really got you some pizza or something. but it's not i can't eat pizza nigga like i can't like i can't even eat that shit you grow why because I got to stay, I got to stay pleasantly plump, you know, because that's the other thing. I'm a plus size cosplayer, but I can't be too fat because then I'm undesirable and I can't lose weight because then I'm a fraud. All right. You know? I need a PSA out here. The <laughs> PSA is, yo, leave these diggers alone, bro. Like I've, I've legit had <laughs> other cosplayers tell me that I am not a plus size cosplayer. I'm not fat enough to be a plus size cosplayer. And I, I and it was when I first started and it, it was a little sub, it was a little sub post Suppose that's not like a fucking sub shade. And I was like, because the person was bigger than I was, and I, I guess they shit. saw my success and they felt like I was kind of using the hashtag in the wrong way. But I'm like, nigga, how are you gonna tell me I'm not fat? Like, how do you know me? Like, do you know my body? How are you gonna tell me how I feel about my body? It's not like I'm a hundred pound girl saying plus size positivity, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I'm a bigger woman, so. It's just you you really get it from every side, bro. Like you get it from the people who are your peers and they'll talk shit about you behind your back. And then you get it from from the fans who just want what they want. And if you can't give them what they want, there's you know, there's five other pretty black girls that they'll they'll subscribe to over you, you know? Mm. This should break my I mean, heart. There's also positive sides to this too. Like nah. <laughs> we'd be very yeah. cynical. Cause when we first started Land Party, right? Like last year. We put out an episode. We'll put it out on Instagram. Hey, episodes, up, and we get like one listen, yeah. two listens, and we just sit in there like, I want to die. You know? like, <laughs> I still feel that way. This shit, like I, I don't want to do it yet. It still way. happens to this day, to this day. But, but then there are moments where you have people that will come up to you, be like, Hey, are, are you land party? Are you guys land party? And you like, Yeah. Oh, I, I listen to I, your episode. I don't say yeah. I don't say yeah. He's lying. When you go, hey, are you Land Party? No, I am not Land Party. I am part of Land it, Party. That shit kills matter, me inside. Bro. It don't matter. Whether it's me, it's you. That. We all represent the same thing. But they would say that. And they'd be like, hey, I listened to your episode. You guys are funny. Or like, I like what you guys had to say. And you're just like, man, you're one of the five people that listened to the episode? I'm that dead. feels great. You know, and then you remember why you started doing it in the first place. It's not for the numbers. It's not for the fame. It's because you enjoy the content that you produce. So I start like turning off the stat displays for like all of our episodes. Like, yo, guys, don't worry about the numbers. If you like what we're doing, just do it. Mm -hmm. If it makes you feel good, just do it. As long as we're having fun. Because if we get too caught up in it, shit is going to go wrong. No, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's going to fuck you up. I think that there's a clear distinction between doing what you love for fun and doing what you love for a living. 
Mm. You know, like if this if this was y'all's job and your only job and this was your income, and if your numbers said five when you had bills to pay, I promise you, you wouldn't have handled it that way. Yeah, you're right. I'm robbing niggas. Oh, no. For the first year, we were just like, I want to die. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. But if that was if that was your livelihood and like, you know, of course, you're going to be happy when someone comes up to you and say they love your work. But then in the back of your head, you're going to be like, can you give me money? <laughs> can you show appreciation in other ways? Yo. And like everyone says, like, if you, you know, if you don't have money to support a creator, you know, retweet, like share their work. Right. And of course, that helps. But at the same time, like some days you just really be like. Damn, nigga, I need some fucking money. Like, fuck. And I'm I'm very, very fortunate to have the fan base that I do. And, you know, I have some people who are so fucking supportive financially, emotionally, you know, like in so many different ways. But I know that there are also a lot of creators. Like, I've seen girls out here who have been in the game way longer than me. And they're at like five, they're at 5K. And, you know, they, they get a couple Kofi's every once in a while. And, like, these are girls who put their heart and soul into the shit that they do, bruh. And, like... Nobody really cares. Yo. Oh, my God. And it's Social media is a game, and it's it's really it's, just a game. It, it sounds it's, like. It's numbers. It's it's algorithms. Our lives are being dictated by computers, bro. So, and, it, and it, at the end of the day, it just, it just seems as if no matter what, you can't escape this. And the only way you could escape it is like, no, honestly, the only way you could escape it is you take away, you step back and and take the risk of losing income mm. and take the risk mm-hmm. of losing fans for your own so satisfactory of just feeling like yourself, you mm. know? And it, it gets to this point now where as fans and as creators, what can we do? together it's like it gets to a point where we have to come together and make an understanding it's like hey we need to fucking chill it's like all right we know you going through something take these two three weeks we're gonna fuck with whoop de woo on their channel for a bit <laughs> we're gonna come back we're gonna check on you because it gets to the point now it's like yo real shit he just like not only just him but it just sounds like everyone in general y- y'all just want to know you fuck with me because you fuck with me. You don't fuck with me because of the fuckery I do or the things I do. I want like I want your genuine support because I'm telling you, it sounds like if your if your fans were more understanding of like oh oh your man's died. All right, cool. Listen, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep my Patreon on. You feel me? Like I know shit rough right now. I ain't gonna get none this month. But yo, do what you gotta do. I think that that as he was as player two was saying earlier, there has to be a way to establish a real connect with your fans, and they have to, and the and fans need to understand when someone's not able to produce, is it something's happening, and you need to check on your you got to check on your creators, you got to check on the people that you fuck with. Oh, hundred percent heavy. Like when when. I was very transparent with my followers when everything happened. I posted the missing poster on my social media. Mm-hmm. I went straight on Patreon and I said, hey, guys, my friend is missing and you guys are not getting shit for the rest of the month. I'm sorry because mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck's going on and I need to figure out what's going on. And even even though I couldn't do anything, it's not like I could have done anything. You know, I wasn't mm-hmm. in the streets, you know, handing out flyers and like there were some niggas that were, but I wasn't. I was sitting in my house and I was depressed as shit and I was binging K-dramas and, you know, like, eating KBBQ with my friend, just trying to, like, 
Like we were trying to like sleuth and figure out, like we were trying to understand what the fuck was going on. Like moving the gang. Yeah, like where, where did this nigga go? What like maybe he's here, maybe he's there. We were reading through the hashtags. But I was very, very transparent. Extremely transparent with them. And, you know, a lot of people, people who had been supporting me for a while went ahead and unpledged. And I feel like, you know, my fans obviously don't owe me anything. But so Patreon has this thing called exit surveys. And mm-hmm. when people unpledge, Patreon will ask why did you unpledge? And more than half of the people selected the bubble that said, this creator was not engaging as expected. And I was like, you know what? Fuck y'all. And I made a tweet and I said, yo, for the niggas who are still with me, thank you. I love you. And for the niggas who left and wrote that dumb shit, fuck y'all. Y'all don't deserve my content. Because I literally wrote the day they found his body, I said, my friend's body was found. I need time. And a few people were like, you know, sorry for your loss and their kind. But for the most part, I had I had over 80 patrons and I got maybe four likes on the on the post and like three comments. You know, and I know a lot of people were kind of just not not writing because they didn't know what to say. Like they don't know me personally and they, there's that that wall. So it's kind of like, you know, what, what's the point of me saying anything? Um, But. But I, I don't know. I don't know how much more transparent creators can be. I think it's more up to the fans to try to understand that people are human. You know, and even even when people respond to me and say, like, I understand your struggle. I understand your pain. They're doing it pushily. Like they want they want me to respond to them and say, thank you. You know, like you can't just write you're sorry for my loss and, and just leave it mm-hmm. like you need me to respond to you. You need you need like that affirmation that I'm seeing you. And it's two sides of the coin, because, of course, you know, there's some people who are following me that are going through things and they they look to me for advice and they think I'm funny, they think I'm cool, they they want they want to be close with me and they use me to like feel better. But like nigga, I need to feel better. Like I can't baby you right now. So here's the real question, right? Mm. I'm very I just the problem how we going to fix it. <laughs> right? What do you think on what kind of uh, what kind of level of platform, what kind of like event it has to be or sit down or talk where it's like fans are able to talk to these creators and understand this disconnect and kind of mend fences? I so what I decided to do um, a little after Des was found, I decided that I'm going to start doing panels at conventions okay. that speak about influencer health and kind of what we go through as influencers. And I, I was a little on the fence about it because I don't want to ostracize anyone and, you know, be like, oh, it's a panel for influencers about influencer mental health. Like what makes them so special? Why should I go? I want it to be for people who consume content and people who create content. And that's basically everyone because you consume content every day and we're making content right now. And I want people to come and understand the processes that go behind creating one YouTube video or one photo set or one costume or one podcast episode. Like I sat here and I watched y'all set up for like 30 minutes. I'm like, what the fuck are these niggas doing? There's shit that goes <laughs> on behind this. You don't you don't just flip on a mic and start talking. There's shit, you know, y'all made y'all logos, y'all do your marketing, and there's hard work that goes into every single piece of content that we consume. And I think a lot of people forget that. Like I've had people just say like, oh, you just you just wear bikinis and take pictures and post them online. How hard is your life? Like you don't understand that. And I think that that's where that disconnect comes from. People think that content, we just shit content out and it's just there and we sell it and that that's it. Like there are 
there's hard work that goes into everything. Like even a costume that you think looks shitty and you're like, oh, this person's ass, they don't do this or they don't do that. Like you don't know how hard that nigga worked on that. You don't know if they used their last $10 to buy some fabric for that shit. You have no idea what that creator went through. And I think that that's so important to touch on. And that's what I'm hoping. I haven't started developing the panel, but I have a lot of good ideas as to what I want put in it. And I kind of briefly talked about it on Instagram. I made like a little story post and I had a bunch a bunch of creators saying like, we need this. We need this. And this is, I was like, if you'd like to help, I'd love to have you help. But at least 10 girls reached out to me and said, we really need this. Because I think that there's this misconception that you know, because we're being, and I, I think like you said that you wanted people to be more genuine player too, like, you know, just how Markiplier is. But I feel like the problem with being overly genuine is that people just think that your life is super easy. Like everything's effortless. Like, oh, his dog died and he just turned on the camera and recorded a video about it. Like, why can't everyone do that? Like, you, like not everyone needs to do that. Not everyone wants to do that. It's not easy for everyone to just come forward and make a video like, I'm mentally ill. Please be nice. Like, you know, like some people feel shame about that. Some people don't want to talk about it. Some people, some girls I know have fucking eating disorders because they, they don't want to eat food because their fans are going to call them fat. Like, you know, there's just so much that people don't feel like disclosing. And I feel like once the fans and people, I don't want to say fans, fuck that word, content consumers okay. understand that, then I think that like just being on social media would be so much better. You know, we're so desensitized to media now because it's it's all we see. And since since everything's happened, every time I see a picture that I like, I try to like and comment on it. Because mm-hmm. I would scroll down my feed and be like, oh, that's cute. But, you know, I would never really comment on it or anything. So now I'm just trying to let people know that I appreciate them. Thank you for coming. Today. Honestly, I appreciate you even speaking out about this. I know it mm-hmm. wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. This... Ah, man. Just thinking about it as a whole is a very terrifying thing to think about. Very sad. Again, my condolences. Thank you, man. Um, this is this week's episode, guys. Um, I need you to really take heed to everything she said and just be more cautious and like just aware of what the fuck yeah. is going on. Be kind. Guys, remember, everybody has their own life. Yeah. Everybody's dealing with their own shit. Just remember that. Yeah, you might like their videos. But at home, they might not even like themselves. Like, just remember, man. Like, everybody has their own story. Yeah, and it's, it's, stop fucking. Shut the fuck out. <laughs> shut the <laughs> fuck out. Like, god damn, just chill yeah. out. Fucking nerds. Damn. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, just Mac. Everything gonna be good. Just, you feel me? You, you see, when your people, you're not feeling well, just be like, yo, I hope you Gucci. You feel me? Keep it pushing. Every sometimes people don't even want to reply back. But again, Izzy, thank you for coming. Play one crimson. It's your boy. It's one of us kid player two. Oh, and it's player three, Izzy Seiko. And we're out. Yeah.